You are listening to the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, Eve Vanderbilt, with his trusted canine co-host, Woody, where we bring it to you raw, unfiltered, with no chaser. And you have once again found yourself at the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Of course, E. Vanderbilt here, your host with his trusted canine, Woody. Woody, how you doing, buddy? He's over there. Woof, he says. And with that woof, if you are a regular listener of the show from a while ago, you know what that wolf means? That wolf means to please visit our website, the pblpodcast.com, and you can click on all of our social media there as well as see the show notes and what we talk about and all of our links are there. Please do check us out on Twitter. Very active right now on Twitter because uh, things are, I guess you can say, a Twitter and also active somewhat on Parlor, but I believe I'm going to be getting more active on Parlor uh, with everything going on. We'll talk about that in the show today. And of course, please check out our YouTube channel at Politics and Brown Liquor and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. As Woody often barks that life is not the matrix, it is an algorithm and we can beat big tech by beating them at their own game at the algorithm. If you like, follow, share, subscribe, and give five-star ratings to any conservative voice out there that is broadcasting, you help move them up in the algorithm because big tech, man, they're out to get you. We're going to talk about that in the show today. So, Woody, what do we got on our plan? And, and by the way, if you're watching this, yes, we are a little, we've gone dark. And what that means is the background, we went a little dark. Usually it's a, a white background, but you know, with everything going on, I'm thinking, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's time. It's time to kind of take things a little darker because things are dark in our nation right now. So today, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about what happened and what's going on in Washington, D.C. with the, the riots, as the media is calling them, not protests. They're calling them flat out riots now. Uh, I'm going to show you how the media is twisting everything around and how they are rewording it and they're painting a picture and how big tech as well as the media, what they want to do to Trump supporters. And don't think it's just Trump supporters, ladies and gentlemen. It is anyone who is a conservative at this point in time and then since a blatant hypocrisy and of course we would not have an episode without something to talk about with covid got a good one coming out of canada but if you are watching us the guitars are still there there they are see you can see them so i encourage you guys to go look on the youtube channel politics and brown liquor also on rumble at the pbl podcast when i can get it to post you'll see there there there's the guitar that's that's the uh less gibson les paul futura 2014 edition but let, you don't want to care you don't care about that Let's get on with the show. The first thing I want to talk about is, you know, if you are, have been listening to the news, and who hasn't been listening to the news, you know there's been some deaths at the protest up in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I'm going to call them protests. I'll let the media call them riots. But there, there, were, there was obviously uh, some bad things that happened in D.C. But I want, I want to talk about the deaths that happened because they're highlighting one particularly, and that is Ashley Babbitt's death. Now, if you have watched the news, you, if you, if you've been on social media, most likely you have seen the shooting of Ashley Babbitt. Now, again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to play the shooting. Uh, it was in my show notes yesterday. I'm not sure I'm even going to put it in the show notes today, but here's what's happening from Ashley Babbitt's death and who is Ashley Babbitt. And I don't have a whole lot of insight of who Ashley Babbitt is, but there's one thing that, um, judging by her Twitter feed, I can tell you that she is most likely not an actor. There's no false flag here. And we're hearing a lot of that out on social media. So and I wanted to kind of talk about that first because I think Ashley deserves better than that. Um, 
the, the, to describe the scene of what happened in the Capitol is they were storming the Capitol. Uh, they broke a window and Ashley Babbitt was w- going through the window to get inside the Capitol building. And one, uh, and I don't know who this is. They haven't identified who the shooter was. The, the man who shot her was a black man, uh, looked like he was wearing a suit. They've been saying he's Capitol police, but I don't know. And anyway, he shot her in the neck and she, she died subsequently. Very tragic, very tragic. So now you're hearing all of this that Ashley Babbitt is an actor. Is uh, this is all a false flag? It didn't happen. The shooting was fake. The blood was fake. All that was fake, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I, I'm here to tell you. I don't. I don't think that's true. I mean, I. I obviously unequivocally cannot tell you it is not true because this is just a batshit crazy world we live in. But everything that what I saw and what I've read and what I've heard people say, this is a tragedy that actually happened, and her family deserves better. And our family deserves better than. Um, People on social media starting to say that she's still alive. There, there are a lot of people on social media saying she's still alive, and this is a false flag, false flag operation. Uh, if you go look at her Twitter feed, uh, she's, she signed up at Twitter in 2016, and she's pretty much been um, on the right from the beginning. So if she is a crisis actor, because that's what they call them, then she must be a method crisis actor and did like four or five years of method acting to this one pivotal moment till it came up to here to show that she's a crisis actor. I'm going to play you a video from Ashley, and this is November 26th of 2008. For you listening to the audio, you'll hear her passion and what she's about, really, what her, what her passions are or what, what her frustrations are. And if you're watching the video, you'll see it as well. So take a look and listen to this. Huh? Huh? You got Where is Where is Kamala? Where is Kamala? Talking about ISIS like KKK. We got this Margaret Kavanaugh. You know what? We have thousands of people on the other side of the board. You people can't get to work. Our economy is going to take an because you guys refuse to choose America, America over your stupid political party. Well, I am so tired of it. You have, you try to make it with these wide-angle lenses, and you, you have to, you try to make it that your echo chambers have these large followings. You, you got 40 people showing up, and you want to do a headline with CNN talking about, oh, we got massive protests uh, for Trump shutting the borders. And no, we do not. No, we do not. What we do have is a massive amount of pissed off people like I am because you guys will not sit down and do your jobs. California is suffering. Our homeless problem is out of control. Our drugs are out of control. When you have to have a budget to clean up human fecal matter off the roads, that is a problem, okay? This is this is absolutely insane. The meth problem, the fentanyl problem, the heroin problem, the illegal meth, the, this, this is crazy, okay? Like, well, everybody wants immigration, but we need to do it the, the right and correct way. This is getting out of control, and you guys are lying. Why are you lying? Why are you lying? Why are you so worried about what everybody else is doing? I want to talk about what you're, where is, where is Kamala? Where is now, again, that was she recorded that in um, November 26th of 2018. Uh, and so you, you can see that she's very passionate about the issues, that she's got a lot of emotion about the issues. So you can kind of start to piece together where she was at when she went to the rally. Now, the report, the news is reporting that she lives or lived in Maryland. Or, or Now, I don't know if at the time she recorded this, she was living in California. I don't know. I don't know if she was just talking about California. What I do know is that if she's a crisis actor, she's a damn good crisis actor because she took it on for 
four or five years. From If you go back to her Twitter feed, you see it happening all the way from 2016 when she opened up her Twitter feed. So I don't think so, ladies and gentlemen. I really, really don't think so. This is a tragedy, and it shouldn't have happened. Uh, uh, there's an investigation going on about it. The um, officer that shot and killed Ashley Babbitt, um, he apparently is uh, been put on desk duty as they do their investigation. Who knows what we're going to hear? You know, who knows? I mean, the media is so dishonest. Our government is so dishonest. Who knows? So we, we've got to piece things together ourselves. Like, for example, did you know there were five people that died at the rally? Five people died in these protests, whatever you want to call them. I'm not calling it a riot. There, although there were some things, some shenanigans that happened, obviously, that led to what we're dealing with now. Because if I call it a riot, um, then the media gets a pass. And here's what I mean by that. And I'm going to discuss this a little bit later on in the show. Is the media never called any of the BLM Antifa uh, insurrections, riots, or their rallies, riots, or protest riots. They called them peaceful protest. So, and they were anything but. And there were like, I mean, numerous deaths throughout these BLM Antifa protests, peaceful protests, like 23. So anyway, um, let's talk about what happened to people at this protest or this rally this protest whatever you want to call it of course ashley babbitt is the most tragic of them she's 35 year old it said she was from huntington maryland i'm not again i don't know that video i just played for you whether she moved or not but that's the one that's the 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 focal point of everything going on right now and that's the one that the media is using to highlight that trump supporters and conservatives are violent people uh, and then the media will say that there were four people died, but they, they only mention and highlight Ashley Babbitt. I had to really hunt and find the other people and uh, Gateway Pundit. I had to go to an alt media to find this information because our mainstream media just simply will not show it. Here are the people that died. Uh, Benjamin Phillips, he was 50 years old from Ringtown, Pennsylvania. Uh, Kevin Greeson, 55-year-old Athens at, from Athens, Alabama. And uh, Roseanne Boylan, 35-year-olds from uh, one of my, where I used to live, Kennesaw, Georgia. Lovely town, actually. Um, so close to where I live now. Uh, so anyway, um, he, here, here are the cause of deaths. See, this is what the media doesn't want you to know. Um, Kevin Greeson, who is, again is 55 years old, uh, reportedly died of a heart attack in the U.S. Capitol. Uh, and Benjamin Phillips, who is 50 years old, reportedly suffered a stroke. Now, Roseanne Boylan, who is 34 years old, the young lady from Kennesaw, Georgia, apparently was trampled in the U.S. Capitol. Uh, that's what her family is saying. And what have, have you heard this? Have you heard any of this? I mean, I, I had to hunt for this because our mainstream media, useless as they are, want, it, it wanted to frame this as if people were being killed. That's what they want you to believe. And then there's another person that died, too, that's getting a lot of press, and it's a police officer that died. His name is Officer uh, Sicknick. I don't have his first name. I'm sure it's somewhere in this report from CNN. But here's what they reported. Officer Sicknick was responding to the riots on Wednesday, January 6, 2021, uh, at the U.S. Capitol and was injured while physically engaging with protesters. Remember that. They just said this in the CNN article, was injured while physically engaging with protesters. He returned to his division office and collapsed. What? Wait, what? 
Wait, I, wait, hold on, hold on. Back, back this thing up. So he was injured while physically engaging with protesters, but then he returns to his division office and claps. And from there, they said he was taken to the hospital where he succumbed to his injuries, the statement said. Does that make any sense to you? Uh, I mean, what, okay, so questions, right? What, were these injuries not severe enough to where they didn't treat him on site? That he went back, and it, according to this, it looks like he, he returned to his division office and collapsed. It sounded like he went back on his own. Are you starting to see that maybe uh, Officer Sicknick didn't die from something that happened at the protest? Maybe there was something else there that they're not telling us? just like they weren't telling you what happened to the other three people other than Ashley Babbitt? I mean, for all we know, Officer Sicknick may, may have just had a heart attack. I mean, sad. Sad for his family. My heart, my heart breaks for him. But uh, this is, again, this is the media. They're framing a narrative here because they are using what happened. I mean, the media could not be happier at what happened in our nation's capital the other day. The left again, I repeat myself, could not be happier in what happened in our nation's capital the other day. This feeds right into their hands, and they are using it to the nth degree. So here's how the media frames this. Um, USA Today. Here's a headline from USA Today. This is uh, published uh, on January 7th. Uh, Help USA Today identify rioters who stormed the U.S. Capitol. You hear that? Help USA Today identify rioters. So what they have is a bunch of pictures in this article, and each one of these articles, here's photo one, supporters of U.S. President Trump protesting U.S. Capitol Rotunda on January 6, 2021. And how, you know, we, we have somebody who apparently was trampled in the rotunda, and how come the media is not blaring that? Where, where, so what, 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 is, what do they know that they don't want you to know? Photo number two, supporters of U.S. President Trump protest inside U.S. Capitol. Photos number three, pro-Trump rioters enter the U.S. Capitol. Photo number four, pro-Trump rioters descend the stairs outside the Capitol. Photo number five, a pro-Trump rioter carries a Confederate flag. Photo number six, supporters of U.S. President Donald Trump protest inside the U.S. Capitol. And it goes on, protest seven, supporters of U.S. President. You see how they're framing this? Rioters, supporters of U.S. President Donald Trump. Rioters, supporters of U.S. President. They do it with almost every photo. Here's one. This is photo number 10. One of the rioters at the U.S. Capitol. Photo number 11, rioters in the U.S. Capitol. Photo number 12, one of the rioters in the U.S. Capitol. Uh, photo number 13, one of the rioters in the U.S. Capitol. 14 rioters. 15 rioters. They're framing them all as rioters. Hey, okay, that's great. Frame them all as rioters, USA Today. But did, did you do that with other protests like the BLM, Antifa? Did you frame them as rioters? Did you, did you report on all of the burnings, the lootings? Did you ask, did you see those pictures of those people that were stealing TVs and sneakers and did you put their picture in your paper and ask can you help us identify this person please this rioter in kenosha wisconsin no they didn't they didn't they i looked i went and looked and looked john solomon's justthenews.com he did a, a story on this black Lives. here's the headline black lives matters boomerang how media flip script on violent protesters 
after Capitol Riot. And after a year of equivocation on destruction, destructive BLM riots, journalists appear to reverse position. Uh, the violent, deadly riot at the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday has prompted numerous media players to apparently flip the script on violent protests, brushing aside standards that they established last summer when much of the country was gripping, was gripped by Black Lives Matter's led violence and rioting in major American cities. Wednesday's riots, and this is from John Solomon's piece, Wednesday's riots in which an unarmed woman was shot by the U.S. Capitol Police officer was spun off from a massive Stop the Steal rally organized by supporters of President Donald Trump in protests of congressional certification of President-elect Joe Biden's 2020 election win. All later on in the piece, while there... Protesters dangled from the ledges in the Senate chambers, occupied and trashed the offices of various elected officials, stole and or defaced property and clashed with police. In many cases, law enforcement had their weapons drawn and pointed at protesters. Ashley Bobbitt, uh, a 35-year-old U.S. Air Force veteran, she was in the Air Force 14 years, by the way, and Trump supporter from Ocean Beach, California, so he's reporting from Ocean Beach, so he's probably right, uh, was shot in the neck and was later pronounced dead. Uh, and it, it, John Solomon's piece just goes on here. In June, early June, CNN host Chris Cuomo argued at the time that protesters should not be expected to be polite and peaceful during their demonstrations. Please show me where it says, this is a quote from Chris Cuomo, please show me where it says protesters are supposed to be polite and peaceful. And it goes on and on and on how the media at that time, you saw it. We, I mean, any, you, um, this audience and any conservative audience, they saw the hypocrisy of the left and they see it now. And it just goes like here. This is from the New York Times. Uh, this is an old story. This is June 29, 2020. Uh, now, I searched USA Today before I get into this New York Times article. I searched USA Today and tried to find them reporting on the BLM Antifa protest, peaceful protest, and tried to find – did they call them rioters? And they didn't. I couldn't find anything on it. And you had Ashley Bobbitt, who was, who was killed by a – Police officer, she was white, police officers were black. We didn't hear, nobody's looting, by the way. Nobody's running to the street. There's no violent protest or riots going on. It hasn't happened, and it's not going to happen. And I couldn't find it, but here I found a New York Times article, another fatal shooting in Seattle's CHOP protest zone. So you had, so, because what, I, the reason I pulled this article up is the media is going to try to say, look at how violent it was in D.C. and there was somebody killed. That's different. There, there were, you know, were, were people killed in the Antifa uh, pro, uh, BLM protests? Well, yeah, they were, as a matter of fact. As a matter of fact, there were quite a few of them that were killed. I'm going to um, – somebody posted this on Twitter. Let's see if I can find it. Here it is. Uh, and and, and so your outrage is manufactured is what they headlined. BLM riots versus Capitol riot. Uh, BLM riots are left-wing violence. Uh, Capital riots was right-wing violence. So uh, BLM lasted seven months. Capital lasted several hours. BLM condemned mostly by Republicans. Capital riots condemned by all Republicans and Democrats. BLM riots encouraged by media and politicians. Capital riots encouraged only by fringe political groups. Uh, BLM riots, police force used. Capital riots, police force used. BLM riots, 23-plus people shot dead. Capitol riots, one person shot dead. Uh, BLM riots, 700 officers injured. Capitol riot, 14 officers injured. BLM riots, 150-plus federal buildings damaged. Capitol riots, one federal building damaged. BLM riots, hundreds of small businesses destroyed. 
Capital riots, no small businesses destroyed. BLM riots, no outrage. Capital riot, national, nationwide outrage. And this New York Times article talks about how he listen here's you know right after the head the headline the headline is another fatal shooting in seattle's chop protest zone uh city officials have vowed to dismantle the free protest area set up during anti-police demonstrations and retake capitol hill police station but worries of confrontation have delayed a resolution uh and it goes on here and it talks about peaceful protests yada 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 it's just it's to the point where how, how much? How long can the media continue to lie to you and get away with it? They feel they can do it forever, but they can't because things are changing. Their ratings are in the tank. Even Fox News, their ratings are down like 50%. And by the way, before I get in, I'm going to play another clip. This is a, you know, the violence of all of these riots and how the media has portrayed it. Um, the, I want to address this really quick, and then I'm just going to put it to bed. Is there's a lot of talk that there were some bad actors in those groups, and they're in, the, in that um, in within embedded within the conservatives or the Trump supporters that were they were Antifa. That's what a lot of people are saying. There's Antifa there. Now I'm not saying there's not, uh, but there were Trump supporters that went into the Capitol building. We just have to understand and believe that that is true. That happened. Were there Antifa people in there? There's a lot of reporting coming out, but there's not been anything that's been really solid. But I wouldn't put it past there was Antifa in there. But you know what else was in there? And I've seen some proof of this. There were some, there were some far right radical individuals in there too i'm talking nazi right radical and i know i know when you start bringing up nazis everybody starts going off twitter um but i saw some evidence that some of those guys that you see pictures of that are claimed to be antifa are actually of the really far right and you gotta admit you have to acknowledge there are some bad actors on the far right just like there are bad actors on the far left but far by and large the people at the D.C. rally protest were Trump supporters, and they were there because they're frustrated. And if you look, if you really dig, get through all this minutia we're talking about, where they not all of them stormed the Capitol or the uh, Capitol building, but if you pull that out, you see people taking selfies and smiling. You'll see a typical Trump rally. So anyway, the media is using this for everything they can, but this is how they, how they framed the BLM Antifa. Listen and watch this. I want to be clear in how I characterize it. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it, is not, uh, it is not, generally speaking, unruly. That ain't a riot, what we're seeing right now in Minneapolis. They are strictly principled anti-fascists, and they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever they may show up. I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal morally. It says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's... You know, no organization is perfect. There was some violence. Any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property. But these are not reasonable times. But thank goodness for the looters, man. And please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. I don't care that much about statutes. Respectfully, shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. You're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Do not get it twisted and think that, oh, this is some 
something that has not never happened before and then this is so terrible and where are we and these savages and all of that this is how this country was started people get mad and people get sick of it people are risking covid to explain to this country that we're fed up. Most of the major movements in American history have started at the grassroots level and at some point have turned into direct conflict with American government. So remember your history before you judge your present. Thuggishness is thuggishness wherever it comes from politically and, and we should be the first to call it out. I disagree. So if only the media was consistent, because they could and should be saying the same thing right now, but they don't and they and they won't and they're not. I mean, they're framing that they're using this narrative to frame conservatives as violent, thuggish, uh, anti-government people. And they're doing it to because of Trump, their hatred for Donald Trump, but their hatred for conservatives. Donald Trump is not the issue here. Uh, the people that went to that rally, that protest are frustrated. They are angry. Just like Joy Reid said, they're angry and they're frustrated. They believe this election was stolen. And yes, they believe it was stolen from them. They believe it was stolen from us. They believe there were some shenanigans. And there's a lot of evidence, contrary to what anyone wants to tell you, there absolutely is evidence. Remember, the media is trying to reframe that too by saying credible evidence. No, there is. There is a lot of it. I'm not getting into that now. But you've got the media that won't. I mean, they're such hypocrites, and they're hypocrites when it comes to leftist politicians. Maybe you remember when Nancy Pelosi said this. We had a, a hearing on uh, a subject related to this asylum seeker, refugees, etc. Uh, the American, the Association of Evangelicals, the evangelicals testified. That asylum, refugees and asylum, that is the, they called it the crown jewel of America's humanitarianism. Crown jewel of American humanitarianism. And in order to do away with that crown jewel, they're doing away with the children being with their moms. This is, I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be when people realize uh, that this is a policy that they defend. It's a horrible thing, and I don't see any prospect for legislation here. Why not? If you well, why not? What do we do here? We do nothing. We do nothing. We, they could well, she doesn't understand why people aren't uprising because of uh, families being separated at the border and children put in cages, you know, the cages that Obama built, the separation that Obama did. She doesn't understand. She doesn't understand why people aren't uprising, but she does now, right? Now she understands why conservatives are uprising because she's all-knowing. She's a witch and she's a horrible person and she's uh, absolutely detrimental to our country. Now, here are two statements. Uh, I'm going to play for you what Donald Trump has said, and then I'm going to play for you what Joe Biden has said. Respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election, but we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are 
so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. Justice is blind. What we saw yesterday in plain view was another violation of the fundamental tenet of this nation. Not only do we see the failure to protect one of the three branches of our government, we also saw a clear failure to carry out equal justice. I'm sure if you used to say in the Senate, excuse a point of personal privilege. A little over an hour and a half after the chaos started, I got a text from my granddaughter, Finnegan Biden, who's a senior in her last semester at the University of Pennsylvania. She sent me a photo of military people in full military gear, scores of them lining the steps of the Lincoln Memorial because of protests by Black Lives Matter. She said, Pop, this isn't fair. No one can tell me that if had been a group of Black Lives Matter protesting yesterday, there wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been treated very, very differently than the mob of thugs that stormed the Capitol. We all, we all know that's true. And it is unacceptable, totally unacceptable. The American people saw it in plain view. And I hope it sensitized them to what we have to do. So is that what you saw? When you saw that, did you think, oh, man, they didn't do that with the Black Lives Matters people. It was different. They had military. No, but Joe, that I, I mean, obviously, Joe doesn't watch the news because uh, there were Black Lives Matters uh, protesters in D.C. And guess what they didn't do? They didn't do that. Uh, they didn't bring out the military. Now, there is that time when Trump came out, and yeah, there were military there. He's the president of the United States. There were Black Lives Matter protests all over the United States, and in, in, in Oregon, they brought out the um, – they wanted to bring out the National Guard, and the left were apoplectic. I mean, they were apoplectic, and they didn't. I mean, this is such hypocrisy. And then I'll look at what happened. A white woman was shot by a black man in the DC March. And you know what, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that she was white, he was black. It, that has nothing to do with it. But Joe has to bring race into it. So as president-elect, he's already dividing this country by race because it's all that they have. Now, let's go look at Trump. You know, he did call out it was a fraudulent election. And that's what the left is hanging their hat on as him enticing what is happening it's what that is what the left has that that's the pivot right there or that's the that's the the criteria for them he said fraudulent election and that's what enticed people into violence because he said fraudulent election and uh he also said he can't play into their hands he's absolutely right he was imploring people not to play into their hands because they're doing it he also said you have to have peace and go home but joe our president-elect makes it about race. That is it's unconscionable. So he's basically saying if it was a bunch of black people, they would have brought out the military. But since it was a bunch of white people, uh, they just shot and killed one of them. Now, let's talk about that too. 
because there was a there wasn't as much security there's a lot of conversations about the security at the the, the nation's capital and during the protest that it wasn't enough and maybe it was planned maybe it was all on purpose because there's a lot of videos floating around out there and i'm not going to get into those today where it looked like police were actually escorting the rioters as the media likes to call them throughout the capitol building but logic would tell you that the police ba they they base their actions on what they believe is going to happen. Every Trump rally, every Trump rally up until what happened in Washington, D.C. a couple of days ago has been peaceful. Every single one. They even pick up their trash when they leave. There's been no violence. And in fact, there was no violence really the other day uh, when that lady was killed. When Ashley Babbitt was killed, there should have been, if it was a, any, any, it was a Black Lives Matter protest or Antifa, there'd be riots, there'd be looting, there'd be all kinds. It didn't happen. But Joe wants to divide this country because all the Democrats have is race. Racism is their card to pull, and they've been pulling it for freaking generations now, and it's time to end this crap. And you want to see something that's also different? Between what happened in D.C. a few days ago to what had happened with all these other BLM riots and, and Antifa riots, do you recall any time in those riots, BLM Antifa riots, I'm going to call those riots now, uh, where the police actually barricaded people inside of buildings? Yeah, I mean, it barricaded them inside a building. So let's say they were in a hotel lobby and the police came over and locked the door so they couldn't get out. Did you see any of that happening in the BLM Antifa protest riots? No, you didn't. You know why? Because it didn't happen. And it's also a fire hazard. If you lock people in a building and they can't get out of the building and a fire happens, well, guess what? People die. It's dangerous. Did you ever see the police do that? Well, uh, watch this. It's a fire hazard. Whoa, shit. Okay, for those of you that were listening to that, if you watched it, you saw police officers, there are like four or five police officers outside of a, either a restaurant or a hotel lobby, and the people inside were videotaping it, and a police officer took a pole and put it between the handles and the door so they couldn't get out, and that's when one lady said, oh shit, sorry for the language, and the others were saying it's a fire hazard. Did you see anything like that? Maybe we should ask uh, Big Guy Joe to see if uh, any of that happened before. And by the way, this isn't the first time that people have breached the U.S. Capitol. There were six other times where people actually broke into the U.S. Capitol. This is out of PJ Media. Uh, let's see. The War of 1812. And I'm just going to buzz through these things. Uh, the War of 1812. Uh, let's see. Not long after the construction into the U.S. Capitol, two wings in 1811, the British Army invaded Washington, D.C. During the War of 1812, British troops partially burned the Capitol. So, okay. Uh, uh, a bomb in the Senate on July 2nd, 1915, when the U.S. entered World War One. German professor Eric Müller exploded a bomb in the reception room of the U.S. Senate. Uh, Puerto Rican nationalists on March 1st, 1954, four Puerto Rican nationalists shot 30 rounds from semi-automatic pistols from the Ladies' Gallery, a balcony for visitors of the U.S. Uh, the House of Representatives chamber in the Capitol. Uh, and then on March 
first, 1971, a leftist bombing, the radical left domestic terror group, the Weather Underground. Remember them? Bill Ayers, the huge, huge connection to Obama. Obama started his political career in Bill Ayers' home. In 1971, a radical leftist domestic terror group, the Weather Underground, exploded a bomb on the ground floor of the U.S. Capitol. Number five, another leftist bombing on November 7, 1983, the leftist terrorist group, Armed Resistance. Leftist terrorist group. Unit took responsibility for detonating a bomb in the lobby of the uh, outside the office of Senate Minority Leader Robert Byrd, who's also a far left. Is and number six, the murder of two police officers on July twenty fourth, nineteen ninety eight. Russell Eugene Weston Jr. burst into the Capitol and opened fire, killing two Capitol police officers, Jacob Chestnut and John Gibson. Weston's motives remain unknown, and he faced murder charges for the shootings. Uh, however, he was committed to a mental institution because anybody who does that is crazy anyway. So you see the story, the narrative, what the media has told you and not told you. Uh, they made it seem like Trump supporters are just violent, violent anti-government and racist, apparently. Or it's racist how the government treated the white people versus the black people, I guess they want to say. Although there were a lot of black Trump supporters there at the rally as well. Sorry, Joe. You lost a lot of the black male vote. In fact, Vernon Jones, who was a Democrat here in Georgia for decades, had just switched to the Republican Party. Vernon, I don't know why you did that, man. You went on to a sinking ship. But anyway, I digress. So now the media's got their narrative. So now what's the next step into the narrative? Well, here you go. Now you must be punished because now, you've, now they've, got, they've got reason that you should be punished because they painted you as evil, as violent, as vicious, your ideology, your support for an evil orange man bad. So now, now they start, they start forming the narrative about you. They've already framed it about the group. They've already framed it about the movement. They've already framed it about Trump supporters. But now it's going to get individual. Here it is. Uh, this is from CNS News, ex-Jeopardy champ. And I had no idea who this people is. Uh, he called Ashley Bobbitt's Nazi ass. She said, this is what he said. Ashley Bobbitt's Nazi ass feeding the worms is a good thing. A former Jeopardy champion and prominent Twitter leftist stated that the death of pro-Trump protester and military veteran on Wednesday was one of the few good things that happened as a result of the Capitol protest. One of the few good things. Can you, can you believe that? I mean, this, and it goes on. There are so many like that. There's so many stories there out there where the left is basically saying she got what she deserved. You know, he's calling her, you know, a Nazi ass. See, now what they're going to start doing is desensitizing themselves and they're going to start making it seem as if, you know, what, it's a good thing that Trump supporters and people on the right are dead and die. It's time for them to maybe, maybe be uh, um, uh, rounded up and put in cages. Uh huh. Now you're, you're. I'm trying to find an article where I, I saw something about it earlier today, where there was a, a far left radical. They started demanding. Here it is. ABC demands cleansing Trump movement from America. Now this is from the Washington Examiner. Examiner. Uh, it. Goes on the article. Beware, seventy-five million Trump voters. The media is calling for your ideological cleansing, quote unquote, of Trump thought. This is from a guy named Rick Klein, who apparently is pretty high up in ABC. Uh, let's see, a column and tweet. ABC's well-respected political director, Rick Klein, made the call after yesterday's pro-Trump riots inside the halls of Congress. Here's what Rick 
Klein tweeted, Trump will be an ex-president in 13 days. The fact is that getting rid of Trump is the easy part. Cleansing the movement he commands is going to be something else. It's not fascism when they do it. This is a guy who's a, a, a what they say, well-respected political director of ABC News. Let me read you his tweet again. Trump will be an ex-president in 13 days. The fact is that getting rid of Trump is the easy part. Cleansing the movement he commands is going to be something else. So he wants to cleanse the movement. Cleanse the movement. What does that mean? Well, it doesn't sound good, does it? Well, it sounds kind of, I don't know, sounds like concentration camp kind of um, things. You know, maybe gulags, put people in gulags, brainwash. Because you think differently than he does. You're evil, and they're using what happened in D.C. as the catalyst to label all of us like that. See, if you are I'm, – I'm really, this is horrible to say, but if you are killed tomorrow by in one of these uh, events, and if you're killed by a, a radical leftist, you know what? They wouldn't care. They would actually cheer on that radical leftist that killed you because you, you need to be cleansed because you're evil. Your thought is dangerous to the country. Where's that unity that Joe Biden was talking about? Uh, it's gone, right? There's no unity. Unity, my ass, you know, some such, some such unity. What? No, no, no unity. They will not. They will not give an inch. Ladies and gentlemen, I am telling you. Do not fall for that trap that they want unity. They do not want unity. Uh, Obama has reared his ugly mug as well, and he is an ugly man. Obama says D.C. riots will be remembered as a shame for our nation. Former President Barack Obama on Wednesday night blamed the day's chaos at the U.S. Capitol on President Trump, saying it will be marked in history as a moment of great dishonor and shame for our nation. History will rightly remember today's violence at the Capitol, incited by a sitting president who has continued to Basis, baselessly lie about the outcome of a, a lawful election as a moment of great dishonor and shame for our nation. But we'd be kidding ourselves if we treated it as a total surprise, Obama said. This is a former president that said this. Uh, and I mean, it, it's just, it, it's not going to end well, people. Let me tell you, it's, it's not. And the left is going to use this, what happened in D.C., as the catalyst to march farther. I mentioned this on my show the other day. And during Obama's presidency, there were two years where he had both houses of Congress as Democrats, and they didn't get done what they wanted to do. They hesitated. And the reason they hesitated is, well, they were fearful that they would go too fast. In fact, people were telling, telling them, you know, you can't put too much too soon because the American people will reject it. And they would. But now, you know, supposedly elections are uh, good. Elections are accurate elections. Well, that problem's fixed, right? We've seen that problem's fixed. So now these next two years, the left are going to pull every stop they possibly can. Single-payer health care, stack the courts, Puerto Rico becomes a state, uh, D.C. becomes a state. Everything and anything they can do, they are going to do, and we are minimized. We're the bad guys. We're evil. They're going to go full throttle in their agenda, and it's going to destroy this country it just is and you leftists out there i know you're gonna get some comments i always get i love the comments from the left so keep them coming um you're gonna hurt you're gonna suffer too 
you're going to suffer just like everybody else. We get the government we deserve, ladies and gentlemen, and maybe as America we deserve it. Now, the GOP, people are going to leave them like they did Fox News. Fox News ratings are down 50%. I guarantee you the GOP are going to have a tough time winning elections, and maybe they should. Kelly Loeffler? who ran for the Senate here in Georgia, stated prior to the election that she was going to contest the Electoral College. And sure as shit, did she do it? No, she lost the election. And then she goes up there and says, I can't do it because of uh, recent events. What recent events were that, Kelly? You lost the election. There are no recent events. You weren't going to do it anyway. Wishy-washy Republicans should never hold office again. Lindsey Graham, I'm talking to you too. Here's a, a headline from a conservative room. Uh, Lin Senator Lindsey Graham threatens all options on table. If something else happens, we can still invoke the 25th Amendment. What's he, what's he talking about? Well, the left has called for invoking the 25th Amendment to get Trump out of office right now. He's got less than two weeks left. They want to impeach him or they want to, put, they want to invoke the 25th Amendment. Uh, Mike Pence, and I haven't talked about him, and I'm not, not on this show today. Mike Pence has said he's not going to do that. Uh, but Lindsey Graham, if something else happens, really, what, Lindsey? What, what else, Lindsey, if something else happens? So you see what he did right there? This piece of shit, Lindsey Graham, again, apologize with the language. If you're in a car and you got kids there, this piece of dung, Lindsey Graham, is one of the biggest wishy-washy Republicans there ever was. I wish he would have lost his race this last election. And I was of the mindset, too, just like you, just like about everybody else, that we got to hold the Senate. we got to hold the Senate. We lost the Senate before we lost the Senate. And no, that is not a Democrat voting pattern. Uh, if L Kelly Loeffler would have won and David Perdue would have won, <laughs> nothing would have changed. The Democrats would have gotten their way. Because you got people like Lindsey Graham now, because Biden would have put in office, and Lindsey Graham's already said that he's going to support Biden and help Biden, blah, blah, blah. Even Bill Barr's come out now against uh, the president. So they're all going full throttle in, in the election. Bill Barr on Thursday, ex-Attorney General Barr, heavily criticized President Donald Trump, saying that he can, his conduct was a betrayal of his office and supporters. Barr, a former ally of Trump, explained that orchestrating a mob to pressure Congress is inexcusable. Didn't we have a lot of hope for that guy? Yeah, he failed us as well. Uh, and now, you know, Pelosi, they're calling for to impeach Trump, but they got a little problem. Uh, this from the Washington Examiner. Impeach Trump? Question mark. Pelosi's house goes on vacation instead. So they want to, they're, you know, AOC nitwit that she is, is calling for Trump's impeachment. They're calling for the 25th Amendment. It's all kabuki theater. They don't, they don't, they're not going to do anything. They just want to gin up their base and get people frothing at the mouth, angry. Who's dividing now? But Trump gets blamed for it. You know what, Trump, he's not, he, he deserves some of the blame because. You know, his bombastic way he does things, and, but he is not at fault. He actually has been one of the most effective presidents we have had in a long, long time. A long time. I'm sorry to see him go. Really am. Sad to see him go, actually. I would have loved to see a second term of President Trump and what he could have and would have accomplished. But we, we decided to hit a decline. So, uh, and, and then big tech. I mentioned at the beginning of the show, the way that we can offset big tech is by like, follow, share, uh, subscribe, and give five-star ratings to all conservative voices you listen to. You've got to do that. I implore you, you've got to do it. It's the only way we can fight off big tech. Here's the problem with big tech is they're big. Uh, Twitter, 300 plus million. Facebook, over a billion and a half, I think. I mean, 
you could take all of the Trump supporters and take them off of Facebook and it wouldn't put a dent in the Facebook. You know, the Trump supporters being the 75, 74 million that voted for him or the 80 million that follow him on Twitter. You could take all those off and it wouldn't make a dent. That they, they just wouldn't care. Now, Twitter, I believe, is going to have a harder time if they lost those 81 million because there's only 300 and some million there. But big tech, they've gone even full, they've even gone full full um totalitarian they've 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 banned facebook has pretty much mark zuckerberg has pretty much come out and said that he's banning face i know woody i know i know Woody's Woody's a little upset about this sorry about that background noise woody woody it's gonna be okay facebook has pretty much indefinitely said they're banning president trump he's still president of the united states and they ban the president of the freaking united states of america people now do you still want to do anything on facebook i mean I, i know it's a big platform it's hard not to right uh, Twitter has suspended him temporarily, but his, he'll be back. Twitter has confirmed that Trump will have access to his account again soon, uh, but he's going to be suspended. You watch. Twitter's just going to look for a reason. And here's what's going to happen is Twitter is going to suffer the most because they're not as big as Facebook, Google, and, and uh, YouTube. And Google, of course, owning YouTube. So Twitter is going to suffer the most, and maybe that's uh, – maybe they should – you know, not a bad thing. In fact, then it's not a maybe. That's what you watch. Word. It is not a bad. Twitter should go away. I, I like the Twitter format. I play on Twitter quite a bit, but man, they are suspending users at such an alarming rate. Now, I don't have a huge following like some of these other people, but like James Wood lost 15,000 followers in one day. I've lost several hundred each day in the last couple of days. And it keeps happening. It's just more and more and more. They're suspending accounts like there is no tomorrow. We had a guy on the show a long, long time ago. He uh, has a parody Twitter account, Representative Smith out of Valdosta. Funny, funny is all get out. They, and he had like, 35, 40,000 followers. That was a parody account. They suspended him. I don't know why. I just noticed that he was suspended. And I'm like, there they go. They're going after so many. I guarantee I can go on it today. And there's probably another 15, 20, or 30 that have been suspended that follow my account. And Facebook is doing the same thing. I mean, if I'm, you hint at things, they suspend you. And Google's doing the same thing. So the big tech giants, they feel emboldened. They are going to go full throttle totalitarian. And why? Well, because the left is giving them the out. Michelle Obama, another uh, nitwit, by the way. I mean, just a complete nitwit. She goes full totalitarian. This is from Citizens Free Press. Michelle Obama calls on tech companies to permanently ban President Trump and put policies in place to prevent their technology from being used by the nation's leaders to fuel insurrection. She's calling for big tech to ban the president of the United States of America saying that he, he fueled insurrection. That's what she's insinuating. But now this is the good part, right? This is the part you got to read between the lines with these idiots, the nation's leaders to fuel, you know, they want to prevent their technology from being used by the nation's leaders to fuel insurrection. Who are those leaders? Well, it certainly is not going to be left. I mean, uh, there are a lot of leftist politicians. Nancy Pelosi says, I don't know why people aren't uprising. Well, wait a minute, in that fueling insurrection? M- Michelle Obama goes on in her statement. Who cares about this woman, by the way? Uh, I woke up yesterday elated by the news that Reverend Raphael Warnock's election, blah, 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 blah. Here it is. Let me get to some parts that just like, uh, I think we all know the answer. I'll read the paragraph before that and I'll get to this. It, it, 
it all, it all left me with so many questions talking about the riots, questions about the future, questions about security, extremism, pop propaganda, and more. But there was one question I just can't shake. Did Brian Stelzer wrote this, write this? What if these rioters had looked like the folks who go to Ebenezer Baptist Church every Sunday? Oh, there's the narrative. Biden's on this narrative. Hmm, maybe coordinated. What would have been different? I think we all know the answer. We do, Michelle. They would have gotten away with nothing would have happened, Michelle. The summer's Black Lives Matter protests were an overwhelmingly peaceful movement. Nothing to see here, people. Just burning buildings. There was just, you know, 23-plus people dead, looters, riots. A lot of people got free TVs, though. Uh, our nation's largest demonstrations ever, bringing together people of every race and class and encouraging millions to re-examine their own assumptions and behavior. And yet in city after city, day after day, we saw peaceful protests, burning, looting. I'm sorry, that was my part. I'm sorry. <laughs> what met with brute force. What? Uh, they killed themselves, by the way. Those 20 plus people dead <laughs> were killed by themselves. We saw cracked skulls. We did? And mass arrests. Well, we should have. Uh, law enforcement pepper spraying. Yep, yep, yep. Should have. It's way through a peaceful demonstration for a presidential photo op. Oh, she's got to bring that up. What a piece of excrement this woman is. And she is not pretty. She's ugly. She's butt ugly. There I said it. She's absolutely butt ugly ugly. I mean, this woman is so freaking ugly. She has a horrible shape. She's got wallet tits. She is so freaking ugly. She's got a face that I, you know, makes you turn away. It's so ugly. And, and she's got horrible hair. And no, she doesn't have these awesome biceps. She's got flabby arms. She is but ugly. Ugly. The woman is ugly. Oh. And now, but that's all right. You know, the, the totalitarian left, they're going to go after you. They're, gonna, they're going after free speech. They went after Josh Hawley. Remember Josh Hawley? He's the first senator that said he was going to contest the Electoral College. Uh, well, here from Just the News, we'll see you in court. Senator Hawley says after publisher cancels publication of his upcoming book, Simon & Schuster cannot support Senator Hawley after his role in what became a dangerous threat to our democracy and freedom, the company said in a statement. So uh, they canceled his book. So he's going to sue him. He's probably already got an advance, so he gets to keep the advance. But this is the irony of it all. The name of the book? <laughs> the name of the book? The Tyranny of Big Tech. That's right. Simon and Schuster, in their infinite wisdom, have uh, decided that they're going to um, censor his book, not release it, uh, because of uh, his views. And he was following, by the way, the Constitution. Whether you agree with it or not, everything that Josh Hawley talked about was within the Constitution, within the law. And it was the law of uh, the um, Electoral Count Act of 1887. Everything he did, as well as the other representatives and senators that did the same thing, all with well, well within the Constitution, well within the law. There was no insurrection. There was no sedition. There was no coup. There was following the Constitution. It didn't work out, but that is there, and they followed it. And Simon Schuster has taken it upon themselves to censor Senator Howley and the name of the book, The Tyranny of Big Tech. And they see no irony in that, I'm sure, because this, they don't care. They just simply don't care. Frustrating times, people. Frustrating times. I know I mentioned Mike Pence real quick, and uh, I, I, I'm on the fence with Pence. Uh, hey, I didn't mean to rap. I didn't mean to rhyme. Um, I don't know what he really could have done 
that would have worked. I just don't. I don't. You can you can rail about them all you want. I'm going to hold off on that right now. I'm going to wait and read up more and get more information because that's what we do. We find out facts first. We don't jump feet first, head first, and land in some concrete. So don't get sucked up into what's going on right now. There's a lot of misinformation out there, and they're putting that misinformation out there because they want you to glom onto it to look like a lunatic that they think you are. Be very, very cautious. Remember what I say, and I say this often, is only believe what you know to be true or what you verified to be correct. One last story, and we're going to wrap up today's podcast. Um... COVID-19, I promised you a COVID-19 story. Here it is. You ready for this one? Now, it's not in America, but could be. Could be coming really soon with Joe Biden now. He's going to have a, wants to do a mask mandate. Now, all the, you know, this COVID-19 thing, man, the, you, the Democrats have played it for all it's worth. They can't back off on it now. They played their hand too much in it. If they all of a sudden say, okay, it's done. We, we, it's fixed after January 20th. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. Here, out of Breitbart, Quebec bans outdoor walking as part of COVID-19 curfew. (laughs) So you can't even go outdoors at night. Here it is. As of Saturday, January 9th, a curfew will now be in effect between 8 p.m. and 5 a.m. Anyone will be prohibited from moving outside their place of residence except in the case of exceptions justifying the move. For example, to benefit from health care for humanitarian reasons or for carry out work considered a priority. So you, uh, statements of offense may be given by the police to those who do not respect the curfew unless their displacement is justified. Details of this curfew will be provided shortly. And uh, in the article, it says this, uh, Quebec intercepted by law enforcement outside their homes, Quebecers, uh, without good reason, without good reason between 8 p.m. and 5 a.m. will be subject to fines between 1000 and 6000 Canadian dollars or approximately $850 American or $4,750 American. So in Quebec, you better have a damn good reason to go outside after 8 o'clock or they're going to fine you. What a great way to drive tax revenue, right? So you can't even go outside without good reason. What's good reasons? I mean, who justify, who, who deny, who, who deems what the good reasons are? Uh, I'm out for a walk because uh, heart disease in my family. I don't want to die. Okay. Everybody say that in Quebec. You can be out. I mean, this is just madness people because the virus can differentiate daytime, nighttime, because this virus, apparently it lurks in the shadows. And it comes out at night. It's evil, you see. In the daytime, the virus is like, oh, no, I can't. I can't. Maybe the virus is Maybe the virus is what's going to cause us all to become zombies. If it doesn't like the daylight. But, Tom, no, that was vampires. I don't know. In that movie with Will Smith, I Am Legend, remember those zombies? They didn't like the daylight. So I, there it is. There it is, COVID-19, the beginning of the zombie apocalypse. Thanks for listening to this episode of the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, Evan Vanderbilt, trusted canine. Woody is here as always. And please do get uh, visit us online at our Twitter handle. It is the PBO Podcast. Uh, that's the same at Gab. I just signed up for Gab. That's the same at Parlor, the PBL Podcast. Uh, also on MeWe, the PBL Podcast. Our YouTube channel is Politics and brown liquor please do subscribe on our youtube channel and help us grow that channel 
we can beat big tech through the algorithm. Uh, also on Rumble at the PBL podcast as well. And I try to post all of these things on all of those platforms. It is a lot, but I want to make sure that it gets out there because eventually Twitter will probably ban us as well as YouTube. So we're getting ready for that. So thanks again for listening to this episode of the PBL podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor.